Hello, and welcome to yet another edition of Citizen Hank, a King of the Hill discussion podcast. Um, it's been a few episode gaps since you last heard him, but for me, in the magic of uh, time and editing and how, how just production works overall on anything, uh, it's only been a couple minutes, but I'm joined again by my pal Brady. Oh, welcome. I'm, I'm happy to be back. <laughs> Even though he didn't go anywhere for me, but for you guys, it could have been days, hours, months, weeks, even years. I don't know why you're taking years to listen to different podcast episodes, but that's okay. We're happy to have you all the same. <laughs> this time we're talking about Season 1, Episode 9 of King of the Hill uh, called Peggy the Boggle Champ. And I unknowingly and unpurposefully uh, gave Brady two Peggy-heavy episodes. Which I have to deeply apologize for. <laughs> are, are they known to be more bad than others, or is it just the back-to-back -back lack of experience outside of it? It's more so that in later seasons, I hate Peggy with every single fiber of my being. Because <laughs> they, they enhance her annoying... They, they take like her good traits and like flip them into conflict causing traits like something i'm sure you've got from both these episodes is that like she's she's a strong independent this is very generic way to describe a woman but <laughs> she's like a strong independent like hard driven determined goal-oriented woman she's she's rather she's not necessarily blunt but she's matter of fact she's a little yeah. kind of shy she's driven for the things that she's driven about and she's supportive overall yeah. and they they in later episodes they take those traits and kind of flip them into being like to a fault and to like if they framed it a little bit better it could be like they're making up for her insecurities but you, you never get the satisfaction of her under understanding those th things about herself or like coming a growth of it which is unfortunate um it's, it's part of the problems when you have a tv show that runs for like 13 years of course it's yeah they gotta change or die or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is this is this is one that uh i normally don't have a, que a question like this but i'm gonna have this one for you how much boggle have you played in your life brady <laughs> I I have never played a game of Boggle up until this school year when I I got a couple uh, boxes of Boggle for like my reading class so we could like work on like vocabulary and stuff. Mm. So I weirdly enough like I was like I actually know that game. <laughs> Do you want to ask me what Boggle is? I'm like I don't know. Is it is it some type of game? Is it Scrabble? I don't. <laughs> no, I, I've I've played a game of Boggle or two in my time. <laughs> I surprisingly have as well. I think I'm like ninety percent sure when I did play Boggle, it was in a school environment as well. I've I've realized just now saying that out loud that uh, a lot of a lot of board games are it'd be hard to convince someone outside of a school setting to want to play something like Boggle <laughs> or a log cabin. They're yeah. they're very much edutainment. Like, well, I, this is what we got, I guess. And the in in like a log log cabin, it's just the fun framing for like we're doing something while we get drunk. <laughs> it's the episode starts with Peggy teaching her favorite game 
to uh to to some of the other women in the neighborhood her niece Luann, uh neighbor nancy and new neighbor min supanusaphone who is laotian i think i like the uh oh wow i didn't just realize this now that i'm about to say this about the character but i liked min trying to use words from her native language and like words she's more familiar with in this game that's very strongly about um english dictionary and then even though it's more in like a fun way or pay used to be like hey you can't do that it's it's very subtly flipped on her later in the episode when the uptight person makes fun of her for being a southern yokel and trying to use use southern colloquialisms as words for this official english game they have kind of that very twist at the very end but you're right there's a little nice kind of parallel with that she's she so she's a new character for this episode uh she was introduced um two episodes before i believe yeah okay in in an episode about it, it has like that there goes the neighborhood kind of flavor to it of the the foreign pe- the the not white people move into the neighborhood and they don't know how to adjust as uh, i i liked like the the end of their their night is just a pe- like them being like hey peggy you you're really good you won every single game of boggle this night you should go play down at the tournament at the elks club they're they're raising <laughs> money to get their <laughs> to get their treasure out of jail she's like oh no i don't i i don't play competitively i just play for fun that would be 13 dollars <laughs> 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 which is great and then she has the fall it's like wait till next week and then i'll teach you about mahjong we'll see how that goes bring your or bring your checkbook. yeah <laughs> and, <laughs> i i feel like both you and i can relate strongly to just the sheer horror that a statement like that brings because of <laughs> mahjong mini games and games that we have tried to play <laughs> yeah, no i i'd like to see the follow-up to this where peggy has to learn that because I have uh, I've been playing the Yakuza game series, and there's tons of mahjong content in those, to where you can like rise up to be like a mahjong grandmaster. And same with shogi, which is like Japanese chess, but there's some differences. And every time I sit down, it's like I have a full day. I want to waste it away with knowledge that's never going to come in handy. I'm gonna try and learn mahjong, and then 30 minutes in, I'm like, this game, this match is like a quarter over oh no (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's good she's gonna be losing some fair amount of money with that and early on like i also get the the sentiment that commending that she goes and plays down there because she's good as much as they just want to get her off their back they're like (laughs) yeah you just winning there's no point yeah go play someone else it's like when your 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 younger sibling wises up to not playing call of duty with you anymore (laughs) <laughs> uh, it, while they're they're doing that uh <laughs> hank and, and the rest of the alley pals are are entranced by the most suburban dad commercial event that could ever exist which <laughs> is the ninth ninth annual dallas mower expo except they're they're uh displaying it as like a crazy monster truck like end all event <laughs> yeah they, they're like mowing an american flag into the grass and there's like something about like this amazing mulcher where they're like 
you will mulch it all. And they're like throwing in like giant piles of stuff. <laughs> that like the show doesn't doesn't take digs like that often, but that that just feels like the most ridiculous. Like this is what those southern yokels would like to enjoy, huh? There's a bunch of fucking mulch being thrown into a giant mulch machine. <laughs> and even more than that, it's just like old white dude type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the the end of it says 10,000 oils oil paintings price to move. What was that about? Is it like a is a joke that that they just have weird oil paintings and stuff like that at trade shows or I th- I think that must be it that just like yeah, we also have this this weird thing here, but we're gonna be excited. <laughs> and... So they're all they're, they're pumped for it. They're like, "This is what we gotta go see and everything." <laughs> and it's this it's the same weekend as the state boggle tournament that that Peggy wins wins entry to at the uh, the local boggle tournament, which they just I I love them showcasing her as this like extreme talent. And like a sight to behold for this horribly mundane board game. Yeah, <laughs> she's a <laughs> she's like, hey, sick little kid, you want me to find your name in this in the next <laughs> next round? And it's like this horribly complicated name that <laughs> like Vietnam and Junior or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And she very easily wins, even though Hank is incredibly bored. He's like, I, I went and got a Cinnabon, got a P-Trap, now can we go? <laughs> he says something about, like, I did all the loafing I can do. Yeah. <laughs> He's bored of yeah. wasting time. <laughs> the only reason so she- he agrees to the, uh, to the tournament is because it's the same weekend in Dallas as the Mower Expo, which... Him and his friends are just so excited to go to. Yeah, he's they're they're all about it, and he thinks he's gonna basically just kind of be free to sneak off and go and do the mower expo entirely. Yeah, and it's like, what what really would you need a boggle coach for? There's there's like a humor played up there, but then weirdly enough, later on in the episode, it's like I guess they do need coaches. Like, yeah. not to jump ahead, can they not just have extra pencils? Like what? Yeah. And they also use it to show uh, just Hank's uptightness about, like, the city. <laughs> I like, it's just like, they've got debutantes and and drug addicts, and those are just the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Where they, they drive in, um, and they're first come around, and, like, the valets are, like, knocking on his window, and he's like, I don't know about this, Peggy. They look like this one looks like he wants to take my truck for a joyride. Like as they're <laughs> approaching, the, dude, yeah. But they're approaching the welcome to Dallas side. He locks the doors, <laughs> <laughs> which is is a perfect little touch. Before they they take off and everything, Peggy also gets a um, a jacket to represent the town, and it has like a whole bunch of local quote unquote businesses yeah. that like I guess are sponsoring the trip somehow like i don't know if they're paying for gas or something or what <laughs> would have to be like because... it's a dairy queen and a couple other ones yeah <laughs> that's really funny too that, that what do you think of like a sponsors what for like a school and stuff you, you need the sponsors because like 
chartering a bus to go to the other side of the state to play a football game or something. That costs money. But this is for Boggle. It's just a husband and wife driving down. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even that far away. And I, I guess they have to get like a, well, they don't even get really a hotel because they're only there for the day. So yeah. no idea what the purpose was of that jacket other than the jokes later on. <laughs> To, to set up the like B plot of the episode, I I, I say B plot plot very lightly because it's more of just like recurring gag. Uh, she she tells um, Bobby and Luann not to throw a party, despite Bobby being eleven years old, and uh, Luann is like nine eighteen nineteen years old. She goes to beauty college and she's not from the area. <laughs> So the, they're they're supposedly not going to throw a party and everything, and the thing is that they're, they keep up their end of the bargain. I was fully expecting at the start of the episode them to like have a secret party, have to clean up, but yeah. they they put in a fun kind of twist on that. Yeah, the, the twist on it is really good, uh, but they get to um in, in Dallas at the hotel they they meet the like the Boggle tournament organizers. And not everyone listening could relate to the lady that Peggy runs into, but she runs into the most Minnesotan lady you could ever meet. <laughs> I just every time she says bagel, I <laughs> I start laughing. <laughs> I don't know if you have a lot of family from that area, but I have some, and it's just it's a joy to hear those people talk. Oh yeah. It's the accents are always good. They set it up as like a big deal. Like Peggy gets all these uh, things and like a tote bag and all sorts of stuff for the tournament. And Hank is handed a, a coach shirt that says coach in like the little boggle dice squares. In it's, it's pink. So he's immediately emasculated. Yeah. that That's like, that's kind of this, this whole, this whole episode is Hank dealing with the, the kind of like emasculation he feels which it's not even from like an understandable point of view it basically the whole emasculation comes from it's not about him this weekend yeah. isn't about him <laughs> he has to he has to be second to her <laughs> which is uh immediately followed up from the t-shirt that says coach and is in bright pink and Peggy getting all the attention is he goes to the to the desk to check in and get the room keys. And yes, like, they are. Yeah, in a hotel. And <laughs> says, uh, "Got a room for a Mister Mrs. Hank Hill." He's like, "Uh, no, I've got one for a, a Peggy Hill." I'm like, that's us, Hank and Peggy Hill. It's like, nope, just a just a, a Mrs. Peggy Hill. Well, that's that's my wife. That's us. We'll have you down for a Mr. and Mrs. Peggy Hill, which just, like, makes him overwhelmingly starts... irate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he starts slamming his fist on the desk and everything and ringing the little bell so all the different people come out and everything. <laughs> just all the all the bellboys not getting that he's slamming his fist on the counter, making it ring, are lined up behind him, which causes him to turn and yell at him. <laughs> There's that great little line where it's like, I married her, she didn't marry me. Yeah, <laughs> or however they have it flipped or something, where it's very clearly it's like primary person in this relationship. Yeah, <laughs> to be supportive, kind of for once, and he's just not dealing with that. Peggy meets the uh, 
the champion of the Dallas Boggle Tournament was Sissy Cobb, and she is the champion for seven non-consecutive years. Did she take a break? Did she not lose? Did did she not win certain years? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's completely unclear, but it's it's a great little detail. It's it's funny that they 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 go through all these steps to like set up just how mundane and inconsequential something like a boggle tournament is <laughs> and who uh she she's very like up upright uh snooty kind of upper class lady who uh looks down on on Peggy's jacket that she got from the the booster club for the boggle tournament she's like yeah you're, you're at the beginning of a rags to riches story which it, it it is a fun fun thing with like that too where when she was at the local tournament she's like she's the big deal she's the hot shot there no one can beat her she's just exceptional talent but when she goes into the big city where there's all sorts of talent like the boggle playing chicken <laughs> uh, she she just can't she can't stand stand her own ground like Ow. her first match she, it it's a uh, it's up against Sissy Cobb, and she just like succumbs to pressure and can't do anything. And th- that's that's another spot where they where you bring up like <laughs> how ridiculous the coach thing is, is because the coaches have to watch from like a closed circuit TV in another room. <laughs> they're yeah, they're not even there like standing behind them and like rooting for them or anything. They're just observing. And I I we get a little hint here and there of like what the coaches are doing. Like they're writing down like oh, this is your strategy, maybe you should go for more words that relate to this or something. Yeah. But it's still not really necessary. <laughs> we get a hint of it, at least. Then that's around the time that um, Hank is watching, and if if I remember correctly, that's where he starts heading, uh, thinking that he's going to head off with the boys and check out the mower show. Yeah, because he... Uh... He he realizes just kind of like how how pointless the uh, the tournament is, especially for him being there. If he's just supposed to sit and watch on a closed circuit TV, she's like distraught from the her her early round loss. And in their night in the uh, hotel room, she's like feeling down about it. And Hank's like, "Oh, I'll give you a, a, I I'll I'll do what the uh, what coach used to do for us and the other." boys on the football team when when we weren't performing as well as we should be and it always picked us up and it's just uh him screaming at her <laughs> basically just saying just do better kind of yeah it's, yeah your baby you want a dirt bottle you big baby <laughs> <laughs> and then he breaks out starts crying and everything and he realizes yeah that's that's not gonna work <laughs> it's that and that's Hank's understanding of what a coach is supposed to be is an asshole who yells at you so you're more motivated to to do better so you don't get yelled at. <laughs> that like and, carnal and fear kind of, a... of getting yelled at that human beings just have. He's, he's taking kind of the the prototypical like masculine coach kind of approach to it where it's like or, or what he thinks of as a coach where he's like I'm just going to yell. But he's not doing what he needs to do, which is he's what he's needed to do throughout the entire episode, which is just be supportive. Yeah. And that's kind of like his his overt masculinity coming through as well. Yeah. This is when we're getting the, the like 
cutbacks in between like stuff like this we're getting the cutbacks to the bobby and luann subplot which is uh them just kind of hanging out at home just kind of casually i like the setup where they do the risky business thing where the dun 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 and like bobby slides out and then he starts walking down the hallway and <laughs> asks Luann what she's doing. Oh, watching Risky Business. <laughs> like, that's the reason the music and everything was playing, not to, like, parody the scene. <laughs> yeah. And she rented that and a fire safety video. <laughs> Which the implication seems to be that she rented it for the the narrator or the, the host of the special. Yeah. Chuck Mangione, who is a real person, he is a famous French horn player, and he is featured prominently throughout this series as just like a joke of, we're making a big deal about this obscure, kind of obscure guy. <laughs> uh, it's, it's kicked off by, the like, dilemma they have is kicked off by Bobby. He's watching the fire safety video. And he like takes a drink of out of a glass of something and he sets it on the table without a coaster, leaving a ring on the table. And because their paranoia of upsetting uh, his parents, they freak out over trashing the table, as Luann puts it. <laughs> um, Clearly, like from the shot, it looks like just kind of like a watermark or a yeah. loop or something like it's. It's something small we're meant to, like, see it as. Yeah. And it's just probably easier to just talk about, like, the entirety of it because it, the full payoff isn't until after the credits, basically, or during the credits, where, but because of that, they they go to the store and get... Uh, Often varnish. varnish. Yeah. And Bobby is, like, frantically varnishing and saying what the guy from the store told him to do, which is, like, strip, varnish, polish, varnish, polish, polish, sand, polish... And knocks the can of varnish onto the floor. And when Luann goes to pick it up, a little drop drops down. A little drop. And this just catalyzes to them having all sorts of people in the house. Like, deep cleaning and refurbishing everything. So that they we don't think something line. wrong happened. <laughs> yeah, and we get a great line about Bobby. He tells him, like, it can't be this shade of white. It has to be this shade of white. And, like, they're... <laughs> They're both very, very particular about it. Like it's the, the whole thing's played up for laughs where it's it's funny just the, the lengths they're going to just to not make any problems when like parting was iteration. Yeah. <laughs> kind of after credits thing, the, the final reveal is that they come home and I, I can't remember how much we get of it, but we basically get even with all that effort and everything, they they still notice something's off. Well, yeah. Well, with it is uh, Hank and Peggy come home and um, see all the people still working and don't understand what's going on and just think it's a party. <laughs> those, like, grown men with beards, like, you have school tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Don't basically get away from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With while they're, while they're in Dallas, uh, Peggy... It feels a little bit more motivated because she scores a victory over the Boggle playing chicken and keeps them 
keeps on just trudging forward to get to the finals of the tournament while Dale Boomhauer and Bill show up and like, hey, Hank, aren't you aren't you going to go to the mower show? That's what you want to go to and while he's holding her purse because Peggy asked him to hold her purse. And they do they do the, the most the most tragic uh, guy friend thing of going because he's because he's whipped. He's whipped to to his wife. He's not going to go to the mower show because he's subservient to the woman. <gasps> this whole fear this episode. <laughs> they they just go to the most bizarre mower show while she's rising it up through the finals. And we're show yeah, they. They enter into it, and it has, like, a couple large mowers along the side. But it's not only that. They have, like, famous mowers as well. Yeah, it's, it's like... And they have, like, models, like, mowers. And it's it's the strangest thing. I've, I've been to, like, a trade show and stuff before because of jobs and stuff. So a mower show would usually be, like, just, well, here's the, here's the latest models. But they're just, they're just they're kind of playing it up to be, like... Like a convention, like the lawnmower convention. <laughs> Meet other lawnmower enthusiasts. They have Liberace's lawnmower, which even for our age and when we were born is kind of like a weird reference to just have. <laughs> but it, it, it works for the, the kind of bit. I'm sure they were like, well, we want something that wouldn't be funny if it reflected or whatever. Because yeah. one of them tries to take a picture of it and it says no flash photography and because of all the sparkles... Uh, and all the sequins and everything, it, it basically blinds them all. Yeah. <laughs> it's a strange, strange thing. And the other famous lawnmower there is one that uh, mowed the White House lawn, too, if I caught. Yeah, he, he no, not the White House lawn, the grassy knoll, because they're in Dallas, okay. where JFK was yeah. shot. <laughs> and I've I've been to Dallas, and on the grassy knoll, some very interesting stuff that they have there is on the exact road they have an x like painted out on the ground where the vehicle was when the shot was fired and everything is that just mostly for tourists so they're not like looking around like where is it type of thing yeah do you think you can see the book depository building and they have like a setup there so you can see the room and everything even when you're outside but the favorite thing that I'm sure they don't advertise is all the crazies there who have all sorts of wild information about the JFK assassination. Like, there's a guy sell- selling very explicit tapes and photographs of JFK uh, after getting shot and just, like, screaming about uh, <laughs> what actually happened. <laughs> so... <laughs> Something you put in the brochures, necessarily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and while, while Hank's at the lawnmower convention, he's just overwhelmed with guilt for not being there for his wife. There's certain things triggering things in his brain, like a kid walking by with one of those toy lawn, lawnmower push mower things that, as you roll it along, it like pops and knocks little ping pong balls around in a dome, which is like the boggle dome. He's just... and we also see like the sand or mulch pouring and it reminds of the hourglass yeah <laughs> and there, there's a bunch of other little things too where he's just starting to feel guilty more and more and he can't even enjoy <laughs> and he can't even enjoy just the the absurd things they're looking at like uh 
the the mower is sign that says the mower of the future and they're like looking under a little tarp going wow <laughs> <laughs> and i like the uh the one that is the last one before hank leaves is boomhauer is doing like a virtual lawnmower and <laughs> it has like a whole setup and everything and he's driving around and we get the He's driving towards some rock or something. He's like, someone needs to pick that up. And like it breaks or whatever at some yeah. point. And then there's the great part where he, he takes his hand to like mower and then pulls up on the virtual reality glasses and he's missing all his fingers. Yeah. And he's like, and he's reacting like it was real. Just, ah, cut up my dick old fingers. <laughs> Boys are having the time of their life. And it's, it's, it's all what, you know, you'd imagine with uh, what you think of when you think of like a ridiculously overdone yeah. lawnmower type experience, lawnmower convention, basically. Meanwhile, when that's going on, Peggy is, is slowly working her way up and everything. And she's becoming more and more distraught. Um, once she realizes that Hank isn't there. Yeah. The, the final kind of, I guess, tournament or something, which is set up in like a boxing ring for some reason. <laughs> yeah. They make a big deal about this, the, the final match, which is, her and the non-consecutive seven-time champion, Sissy Cobb. They go into it, and naturally, of course, she starts off by losing, and, you know, she's behind and everything. Okay. And then, last minute, Hank, of course. Mm -hmm. And that, that kind of pulls through it. But we get a couple, like, kind of fun jokes along the way while she's, like, without a coach waiting, where, like, she chews a pencil and everything, because she's yeah. so determined to try anyways. And they, they, it's like she's she's just a scrappy do anything what she needs to do to win kind of like the uh, you have the, the in a boxing match you have Rocky just trying out different techniques just doing whatever it takes so he can uh, beat Apollo Creed. I like that they have a Russian boggle grandmaster there to do <laughs> to do play by play commentary like it's like it's chess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where... They really ramp it up from just yeah. kind of the the cheesiness, like, this is the most important thing. <laughs> and the way he just keeps enunciating pencil. There's <laughs> <laughs> a couple things, and I feel like there might have been something with the name, like some reference or something to like a chess commentator or something that I was missing. It's, I feel I, I did like... It's supposed to be, it's definitely probably some kind of play on a famous chess player, but I didn't, I don't know enough about chess to, to say. And also it could be my, uh, my dumb brain being like, oh, all Russian people have similar names. <laughs> yeah, chess. I, I saw the Cold War. I, I remember. <laughs> it's not deep blue, so I don't know who else it could be if it's chess. <laughs> So, entire commentary, and then Hank shows up, and we get the entire reversal of fortune. And she starts just writing down all these short uh, letters all of a sudden. And, of course, because um, consecutive winner lady is, is so confident in a couple. <laughs> yeah. She she wrote down some big words, and as the uh, the commentators pointed out, she wrote down a harpsichord, but not harp or chord, which is a really bold move, because that's like the little bit of Bogwa I've played, that's the game plan is you write out words and then you just like 
expand upon those words. So if there's, there's a word that's made up of two other words, compound words, you know, the thing you taught about in first grade, and then it's never brought up again until you're recording a podcast about a 20 year old show. <laughs> you'd, you'd write down harp chord and harpsichord, but no, that's how confident she is. She's going to win. And, and then- Peggy, uh, Peggy has an alternative strategy of small words. You know, you close the gap with a lot of those small words. And when it, she gets down to her last word, she's holding the paper in the most strange way. But she said, the co- commentators say she ha- she needs 10 points to win, which I assume is a 10 letter or more word. And she's holding the paper and Sissy Cobb walks over and says, ain't, ain't is not a word and starts laughing because... In the first matchup, Peggy just wrote down "dang," which is not a word. That's that's a it's probably in the dictionary now because they'll they'll add like "twerk" to the dictionary. I wouldn't be surprised they'll add "dang" to the dictionary. <laughs> also had a, a Boggle specific dictionary that they like reference once or twice throughout the episode. Mm, yes. So that's one of those where it might be like even if it is in the regular dictionary, they have like their specific Boggle what's acceptable and what's not. Oh yeah, and kind of similar with Scrabble, how you can't play proper nouns. Yeah, things like that. Yeah. And she she's holding the paper in a strange way that covers up the full word because she had to get her with that gotcha. And she reve- pulls her thumbs away to reveal it's not ain't, it's acquaintanceship. As in, it was not nice to make her acquaintanceship. <laughs> it's a great way to kind of tie out the episode and everything too. Because yeah. then we get the nice back with kind of the local the colloquialisms as well as um just kind of pointing out that she's kind of a jerk so yeah but naturally yeah as mentioned earlier hank shows up and that's what kind of gives her the courage to make that last final push is that she's just being supportive yeah that, that's He's that's all it really took was her husband giving a shit about her for a little bit <laughs> and then naturally we get the competition as they're leaving um, the coach on that side starts braiding her exactly the way Hank was doing earlier when he was imitating the football coach. Yeah. <laughs> I better type thing. Loser, you're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you want a bottle? A big dirt bottle. <laughs> it's just my, one of my favorite, even like out of context lines. So they're just like going back to it as Peggy's crying response. Why are you yelling at me? <laughs> It's... So, it, yeah, it basically puts a nice bow on the episode as a whole nice comedy one-two punch at the end, and yeah. it, it wraps up pretty nicely. <laughs> and then, as we mentioned earlier, kind of the, the not-even B-plot at the very end with the credits stinger. Yeah, because it's, it's really funny that <laughs> they're grounded thinking that it's a party, but it's a... It's them. It's the opposite of they didn't throw a party. They they were frantically trying to make it look like nothing bad at all happened. <laughs> Overall, I I'd say it was it was a pretty solid episode. I, I think I still enjoyed the episode two that I saw more than this one, but yeah. this one had its moments. Yeah, this there's like there's a lot of that's something I, I kind of picked up on more because I've been looking at it a little bit more cri- critically, uh, watching and talking about it with people for these episodes is, is that that's kind of how they'll flip where the, the one we talked about there's a lot of like so 
even still prevalent social issues there that we can uh that we can observe and like comedy based around that and kind of like a lot of meat to it there and then there's some some like these where there's the small stuff just like it's it's about like a lot about hank's fragile masculinity and not wanting to be the most not being the center of the attention or like the focal point when it comes to their relationship but it's just a nice like comedy episode and you feel good this way to kind of give you a break from the heavy-handedness sometimes yeah which i I can't imagine it gets that necessarily heavy-handed because the other episode i saw was was relatively subtle yeah they subtle it was more tastefully done than I think other shows would have done with it. Yeah, that's a, that's that's like a big thing thing that I, I noticed with a lot, lot is just how subtle everything in King of the Hill is, and how it's not even one that's not referring to like a, a broader picture issue or anything. Just so much subtle comedy, like you think they're doing a parody of the movie Risky Business, but it's Bobby just like. He, the reason why he's in his underwear is he's doing laundry. Like he's not imitating the scene or anything. <laughs> just quick throwaway jokes like that. That it's just uh, <laughs> it's just great. Yeah. So hey, overall, do you, do you think you think you can appreciate the the genius, the absolute genius of, of King of the Hill? <laughs> I can. It is. It's. I. I'm seeing what the appeal is overall. <laughs> I. I think all the parts of the like series from what, the two episodes I've seen recently, together overall, and all, all the different elements make a pretty strong show. Um, how much it changes later on, uh, but this first season seems pretty solid from the two episodes I've seen. It's a. Uh... It's it's something that I, I heavily recommend to basically anyone, especially especially people who don't like it because of stuff when they were a kid, because uh, it's one of those shows. Because I I actively it's like you know how the the social media meme is that just everyone the only TV show they watch is The Office and The Office ends and then they watch more of The Office. Well, yeah. that's what I do with King of the Hill, and. Every time I rewatch through the series, it's it like towards the middle of the series is when it has like some of the best funniest episodes, and then there's a lot of episodes towards the end where it's like just what happens when the original creators kind of leave the show because that happens with any show that's made and stuff kind of peters out, and then they have a nice wrap up in the last season. I don't think I've mentioned to any, anyone when I've been recording this, but the, the final season, while it has some weird issues, it has a really, not, they knew it was the last season, so they took the time to, like, give everyone a happy ending, like a resolution to their character arcs and, like, certain issues that they just kind of, like, hint at throughout the series, which I think is really cool. It's good, rather than just kind of canceling it and no... Yeah, resolution to any of the characters, really. Yeah, you, you even if it's just like small things, like the sh- an episode will end with like Hank and Bobby finding finding common ground, like a a true thing that they can bond over, or a character finally like getting confidence or something like that. You just get those nice, nice little bits. 
Have, are you are you familiar with Mike? Anything else Mike Judge has worked on? Have he, you watched Silicon Valley? I know of Silicon Valley. It's been on my list. I haven't watched it. Okay, you've probably it, seen it Idiocracy. Like, Idiocracy, I've seen. Okay, <laughs> and you've probably like at least been... know Beavis and Butthead exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's what's kind of the tying thread together with all his stuff? Would you say? Um. A lot of it's definitely like dry humor and like subtle jokes, because um, uh, Hank Hill is actually pretty strongly based off of a character from Beavis and Butthead. Like they have the same voice and everything, and kind of like same mannerisms. Well, thank you for joining me for these, Brady. No problem. It was it was a, it was my pleasure. <laughs> well. Uh, like I said in the other one, Brady's kind of just like absent from internet presence. So if you want more of the Brady experience, I unfortunately we unfortunately don't really have a place for you. Uh, you'll probably hear from him again soon to talk about other things as well. So you can always uh, try to contact me through the birds in my neighborhood. I, I have a couple grackles, some some finches, a couple doves, and so if you see any of those, you can say hi to those, and they'll pass it on to me. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I, I call that Twitter. This Joke. is this is a fun this is a fun thing to know that you, you just have decided to study some birds, huh? Oh, it's it's great. There's a <laughs> uh what is it, a loggerhead shriek or something that I saw recently. I know they're pretty common, but I, I just saw one the other day, and I might not be pronouncing that right, but this is a, old this man is... comments I could make. To just because this makes incredibly great radio for people who don't live in the same area as we do. Does the li- <laughs> does the library still have like a bird? Library does the our, our local library does still have a bird thing. Oh, I I know what I'll plug. Speaking of birding, there's <laughs> an <laughs> there's an app you can get on I, I think most platforms called eBird. Serve okay. birds in your neighborhood, catalog them, and then send it off, and it goes towards like a national registry to like keep track of birds. So there's the thing I'm plugging. I might actually download that. That sounds really cool. That'll give me something to do when I take my dogs on walk, my dog on a walk, and he tries it's to like eat them. Collecting Pokemon, and then I but, can look on but, my phone <laughs> and be like, "Oh, <laughs> that's the kind of bird he ate. Tried to eat. <laughs> can you eat I'm bird to the poles?" <laughs> well <laughs> if you uh if you like if, if you want to get more jory i'm on twitter at at no i'm jory where you can i tweet about media i'm consuming video games whatever movie i'm watching tv show i'm watching wrestling i'm watching um or just bad observations from my day whenever someone Whenever I I talk about my Twitter experience, I I just want to direct to a tweet that I made, which is the worst thing someone could could ever bring up in a conversation. Which is this is a tweet I made, but uh, I was at work. I just tweeted thinking about Play-Doh snakes because I don't know what got me thinking about Play-Doh snakes, but I was thinking about them. If you want to know the inner machinations of my my tortured soul, it's it's stuff like that. <laughs> oh. I have some other podcasts. Uh, I'll I'll plug the the first season of the actual play podcast I was on for King Hearts inspired tabletop role playing game called Interstitial, our hearts intertwined, where I portray a character from Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, and Chris Angel is my dad in it, and also uh, 
the the girl from a goofy movie is in it except from the damn bitch you live like this meme it's a beautiful it's a beautiful game you can find it on any sort of uh podcasting platforms and if you like tabletop role-playing games it's available for purchase at linksmith games i believe is the website um yeah uh, it's all it's all hosted here on the orange groves network which is thankful and i'm thankful for and happy that they are willing to listen to me scream about king of the hill to uh different people regularly <laughs> Welcome to They Them There's a monthly non-binary discussion podcast. We're here, we're queer, let's talk about it. My name is Joe. And my name is Rain. We're non-binary and once a month we sit down and we talk about gender. 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 <laughs> we talk about our experiences with gender expression, pronouns, and other parts of the trans and non-binary experience. We also talk about a lot of anime and music that we like and relate to. And our cats. Yeah. You can listen at theorangegroves.com or search They Them Theirs on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, take care, and remember, nice gender.